Thank you for listening to this British Journal of Sports Medicine podcast today. Uh, my name is Dr. Sean Carmody and I'm a doctor down in London. Today I've got the pleasure to welcome Dr. Daniel Parnell, who's a senior lecturer in sport business at the University of Liverpool Management School. Um, and uh, Dan has recently published a book, Football as Med- is Medicine, um, prescribing football for global health promotion um, with his colleague Peter Krustrup. Um, and uh, it's a special treat for listeners today as you have myself, an Irish um, person, questioning Dan, and Dan is, is Scouse, so some accents to get to grips with for you. Well, I have to say, I'm, and Scousers will appreciate this more than ever, I'm not Scouse, I am from Bergenhead, which is very close, so it's on the Wirral Peninsula, uh, but it's important that um, we differentiate between the two. Great stuff. Dan, you're just back from a, a top conference in the Faroe Islands, um, which the, the subject matter was football is medicine. Um, can you tell us about that and, and what that means um, and how that it might impact the broader population? I can see the words are playing with you a little bit there. So there's the football is medicine, which is a, a platform, and that is a group of 200 plus scholars and that is led by a number of, of senior researchers and most notably uh, Professor uh, Peter Kustrup of the University of South Denmark. Those scholars have been doing a, a, a collection of work um, that spans across every continent acro- across the globe that tries to help understand the value of football for health. What we what we begin to think about is as we collected this evidence and it began to show that it worked with all different populations in all different countries and different contexts, we started to put this concept of football is medicine and how it can be used to, as a polypill to tackle a range of social issues. And I, the conference that we've just had, the first conference was a, a few years ago in Denmark, then we've moved to Portugal. Uh, the most recent one, last um, the recent weeks has been in the, the Faroe Islands. Um, and I guess the event was a was an opportunity for everyone from a, from all across the world to, to come together and share the late, latest findings. Uh, there is education. Uh, around football as medicine, how to do this research, how to do this work in practice. There is our research articles and books and whatnot, but there's also a, a celebration of work that has been done on the ground too in the Faroe Islands. We're very fortunate to win, uh, welcome almost 50 um, senior hypertensive women, which they did, which they really laughed when they described themselves as that, as that group of people. Um, and how they, they are continue they started off small side football to uh, to get fit and now they've got real strong two two different teams, really strong teams um in the Torshaven area of the Faroe Islands that are playing three times a week. Three times a week is a lot for any recreational team. Um and the the the, the, the important thing for for me was that um, they are playing on three G pitches the camaraderie between the group was intense because you can imagine 50 women that have been playing football together for years and up on the on the stage in front of uh, 50, 60, 70 people from all around the world and uh, the crack or the banter was, was high. They were having a lot of fun and, and remarkably the only council matches when there's hurricane winds and storm winds is fine. So how are you playing storm winds in the fair islands is beyond me but these... These were very inspirational people. So, yeah, that's kind of a bit of an update of where it is. I can imagine. Um, doctors Andrew Murray and Roger Hawkes, who work in, in, on the European Tour in golf, they've, they've done a lot of projects around how golf can benefit health. Um, from your experience, the research you've been involved in and are kind of very familiar with, what are the health benefits of, of, for football? 
it's it's multiple now for me i think it's just really simple playing football and being active in it with a group of people is good for your health and the abundance of evidence around the positive aspect of physical activity is undoubtable you can't get away from that I think the beauty about football and why we add this uniqueness to it is one that the, the team aspect to it in terms of the social relationships that um, take place in terms of getting people to come and play but also getting people to stay stay playing is, is special and I think anyone who's played football has felt the pros and cons to working in a team which if you deliver it in the right way can be absolutely amazing I think more broadly if you think about football as, as a sport is that you know there is problems with football, we know that. But when we view football in some of its purest, most exciting, uh, most exceptional ways is that it's incredible. It, it attracts us in, it has a global reach, it works for young people, it works for old people. I've just sat in a talk with uh, Jane Perden, who's the chief exec of Women in Football, and she talked about her experience of being a, a seven-year-old girl and that, that celebration, that feel inside the body of that first Sunderland win that she experienced. And she did admit that it's been downhill since as a, as a Sunderland fan. But those feelings that, you know, we have those connections that are personal, cultural, linked to our geography, our place, our family, our history, tradition, that people feel um, and experience and they have that connection with football. Uh, I think it's incredible. Once you have that, you think, well, we can cap capitalise that on so many people, but we can also use that then to create to develop, to build, to, to build identities across communities of people and groups of people. So I think that special part of football is really difficult to explain, but people know it straight away. And when you talk about it, people nod and they get it because they're often football people and often get those feelings or they can associate it with other bits of community, whether that is, uh, whether people link it to going to church, but going, you have that community of people that you link with, you have shared values, you have shared traditions, shared practices. Yeah, and I think, Dan, you've captured the, the magic of, of the sport fairly eloquently there. I work in general practice at the moment. Um, can you give me kind of specific reasons about why uh, a patient, whether male or female, who comes through the door, why I should be encouraging them to get out and play five-a-side or get out and play with their local football club? There's a real lack of awareness around what we should be prescribing just for physical activity across general practitioners. That, confounded by one um, economic constraint across populations, rising lifestyle um, related diseases, is that uh, GPs are under a lot of pressure. And we get that, and we know the systems in different countries put a lot of challenges on GPs. So, first off, just trying to get them to say, what type of physical activity and, and where do these signposts do and how often you should be doing it. It's a massive challenge and there's probably, well, there's not probably, there's not the resources and the activities in place for real quality signposting across our GPs, across our communities in, in this, specifically within this country, but I'm sure of us. So their understanding is challenging, the pressures are demanded. Um, but then the, what, what football offers, it could be something slightly different. And football has been, has been the go-to place for sport because of that, of that attraction. So rather than say, look, you need to go and do physical activity and, okay, where am I going to do this? You'll have to go down to the local leisure centre. The difference with, with football, apart from what you might be doing, whether it's a 10-week programme and different intensities, forget about all that, is that you're going to be saying, well, actually, you might, act, instead of going to the local leisure centre, you're going to go up and work with Everton Football Club coaches. Now, I've got to say Everton as an Everton fan, but also Liverpool Football Club coaches 
Now that's something completely different for someone of the community. So they might never, um, if you think about this from a really big football fan, they might never have had trials. They might never have been coached before. Never mind go to the club that they love or even the club that the big club in their city and experience coaching. Um, and that coaching is under the, the football brand, but it could still be delivered by an expert um, an expert exercise and physical activity professional, but they've got the club brand and they might have footballs out and it might be football related skills and they might talk about what some of the players do and there might be step challenges related to what the players do. I'm just putting that branding and that association in changes things and I think that's special. I think when we when, when the projects that I guess that I've, I've worked on that range from working with older people to younger people to, to men to women to families is that just having that, that connection, that anchor of a football club or and the football brand it's just something unique so when gps can has have that at their disposal i think it's it's, it's exciting because some gps will have a connection with football too and not just physical activity it sounds a bit bland for a gp it's like it might change the conversation with people as well to actually to make it when you talk about that brief intervention that behavior change opportunities to say and look, we can talk a little bit about football too in that time. And by the way, you can also go there and this is the support. And I think, you you know, this is what I'm going to prescribe to you. You really need to go to this. Um, I would really recommend it. Then there's the, the, the potential of that in an organised programme that can that we can real trial its implementation. Wow, it could be, it could be unique because I know, I know for a fact from our experiences, if you're saying that to older people and younger people, and everyone in between, it could have a profound effect. It's so different to saying, you've got to do more physical activity. Okay, we know. You're going to be going to Everton Football Club. Wow, that's something That's something different. You've mentioned Everton as a, as a good example of some of the work they've done in the community. Are there any other particular examples where football clubs have kind of taken, um, you know, shown leadership in um, supporting the health of their, their fans and others in the community? I guess one of the big ones that kind of that we did some evaluation with that captured lots and lots of clubs was uh, the Football Foundation's work. It was a project called Extra Time and it was helping to improve physical and social activities for older people, but using this this brand of, fo- of football. And they did everything from going into care homes and doing social activities from, from cooking and indoor bowls to uh, hairdressing, really creative stuff through to like Nintendo Wii's were out at the time. So it was a real novel concept to try and get older people active. Right the way through to um, more applied walk and football sessions, uh, to dance classes, but sitting dancing and Zumba classes, because at that age range, you've got so many different uh, capabilities in terms of physical and social activities. Um, that programme was absolutely incredible and it was such a joy and pleasure to be involved with because the people in the club were genuinely engaging with a client base that the clubs were not reaching and it was people that, that were coming from care homes sheltered accommodation coming in off the street and it was the range of activities were just absolutely incredible incredible i guess the, the standout thing for for me in terms of some of the research we did on in that in that project was the physical activity side of it was undoubtedly important but actually when we get to some of these older age groups social isolation 
and the consequence of social isolation is just incredibly damaging. So just bringing people together, whether it was bringing them to play bingo or bringing them in to play indoor bowls or a bit of walking football, created new friendships. And you can put a price on new friendships um, if we look at it from med- medical terms, but you can't put a price on new, new friendships because of how meaningful, how genuine, how important that can be through bringing these people together. And I guess we need to take that and build up on like the physical good stuff, the physical evidence, and I also then say, well, we can do that, but we can also do all this social stuff too, that as a full package, what a, what a tool, what a, yeah, what a tool to take off the bag for someone who's a GP to serve with to say, not only are we gonna get you physically fit, but we're also gonna help create these social network of support that, wow, that's something that can really make a difference to, to people and communities. I definitely agree. You mentioned earlier about uh, football being a polypill. Um, I mean, the, the list of, of potential conditions that can support our health, so mental health conditions, type 2 diabetes, um, cancer patients, all, all, all incredibly important. Um, where, where, where do you feel it's, it's most beneficial or is, it, is there any particular area where you've seen um, the prescription of football um, to, to work particularly well? Yeah, I think I think the main thing for me from that is its utility. So what we've what we've done, and me thinking from a very pragmatic practitioner type approach is that we know fo- football works. We can't get away from that. So it's about honing honing down the specifics of different types of interventions of how they might work, and how long we need to do them for. Um, from for one of from from my experience, one of the projects that we ran at, at Everton were for um we wanted for older men and in particular these older men when they went to see their gp their gp had no options for them so it'd be men that had not just one or two um illnesses but we're talking seven or eight from cancer to diabetes to gout um arthritis and they would turn up in a suit because that's what they had and that's what they wore um so the program was about getting them doing getting them doing more which is fascinating, a fascinating uh, group to work with. But really, these are genuinely hard to reach people, not just the people that we can't be bothered to reach. These are genuine people that are not gonna get seen by the programme. So we're having that, that moment of getting them active and working on stuff um, alongside and giving them some genuine social support. And it'll probably be the first time in the week where they've had someone ask them if they're all right, but then wanna ask again and genuinely see what is going on. Um, and how they are coping. Now, some of those type of programs are, uh, I think, are incredible. Um, I think more broadly with the with the, with the stuff and the different um, the evidence that we've got across the different areas, I just think there's an abundance of evidence to say it works. And um, for different things, there's small sided games, there's larger games, and again, we can really scrutinise the different intensities, the size of the pitch, the size of the goals, the size of the teams. Um, of what works and there's so much out there now it's a matter of just picking and choosing and giving people the opportunity to play for me what would be a massive markup is just getting people playing getting people playing in fun enjoyable teams um, not worrying about how long the intervention is going to be just regular football and then we can build from there and and what are the barriers to implementing that at the moment what what stands in in the way I think I think particularly in the in England there's that We've had now 10 years of austerity and we've, the, the biggest challenge for us is just trying to like 
keep up like demand that we've got now and we can't so i think we've got big problems around uh, implementation and taking the evidence and implementing it so our our policy makers are i've got some really really big issues to deal with that demand here and now solutions so in football terms they're heads are down firefighting what they haven't got to, to do in the game of life is get the head up and see where the next pass is going to be if they got the head up they would be investing more in grassroots pitches they'd be getting more children and young people playing they'd be providing more opportunities for people to play across the lifespan because they know by not doing this it's a false economy in the long run however the nature of politics and policy is that we're in this head down nature we're dealing with the now the ball's at our feet and we have to we have to make decisions with rather than getting our head up and thinking about the, the next pass but i think we're in a really um dismal situation which creates a lot lot of negativity um, and a lot of people in sport are trying to stay happy and positive um, and maybe that's not enough maybe we need to do more around trying to lobby and rally change in policy makers and get more evidence around uh, how sport how football works but also what is the consequences of us not doing stuff and i think getting some of this evidence and we've just that's the only way of beginning to con- or continue to lobby for uh, positive change I think that's a, a very good uh, place to close, Dan. Uh, we heard about the conference in Faroe Islands uh, this year. Um, it sounds like football is coming home next year with a possible conference in, in Liverpool. Is that right? Yeah. So next year, we so the, the conference has been to Denmark, uh, Portugal, Faroe Islands. Um, so it's been some incredible places. So hopefully we can top it by bringing it to Liverpool. Uh, so in a partnership between uh, the University of Liverpool Management School, European Healthy Stadium Network, and my colleague Matthew Philpott, we are going to work with Liverpool FC, um, host at Anfield, and it's a last Thursday and Friday, so I believe the 28th and 29th of January in, in 2021. So we're already looking forward to hosting people from all around the world. The important thing for this conference is that we're going to have two, two big strands. One, around the, understanding the clinical impact of football. And the second strand, which is most important to us, is how do we start to implement this. So we really want to uh, work with practitioners out in the field uh, that want to know more, but also have got experience of implementing these in- interventions. And we want them to come and share the work and share their insight. Um, so we're really excited about welcoming people uh, and more details will follow on the Healthy Stadia website. We're really looking forward to that, Dan. Uh, you've been listening to a British Journal of Sports Medicine podcast with uh, Dr. Sean Carmody and Dr. Daniel Pernell. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.